Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In this episode, I'm joined by a lady who describes herself as a single mum of three, a sister, a friend, a raver, a healer, an Ibiza lover and an owner of multiple seven-figure businesses. Susie Ashworth, welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast. I'm like, well, that's an intro. Shit, I wrote it. <laughs> no, so I'm, by the way, full disclosure, I'm not that good at writing intros, but I saw you post it on Facebook like a few days ago, and I was yeah. like, that'd be perfect for the intro, so I just stole it, basically. <laughs> Thank you. That is me. That is you. And there's, a, there's even more to you than that, which we're going to talk about in this episode, um, which I'm really excited about. So um, you sign off pretty much every post email that you do with your formula, which I love, which is, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Susie's holding a mug up and it says faith plus action yeah. equals miracle. Talk to us about that. What does that mean to you? Yeah, this phrase... I genuinely believe changed my life. So I started saying it about 11 years ago. Well, not about, it's exactly 11 years ago because my son is 11 years old. And it started when he was born. And I'd read the book, Think and Grow Rich. And Napoleon Hill talks about the fact that his child was born deaf, but him and his wife decided that they were not going to adhere to all of the usual standards and expectations and that their son was going to hear. So to all intents and purposes, they spoke to him, they treated him like he had hearing. And to cut a long story short, it ends up with him being a very, very accomplished young man and being able to hear. And I really took on board the intention of positive affirmation and creating your own reality, speaking your reality into existence. And I wanted to start my kids young and just start implanting with them that if they believe in themselves and they take aligned and inspired action, that they can create their own reality, they can create miracles. So I started saying it for them and really because of the repetition, because of actually starting to believe it myself, I'm sat here today and yeah, I look at my life and I'm a bit like, how the hell did that happen? Because it shouldn't, for somebody like me, my background and everything, I shouldn't really be sat here having this conversation with you. And I believe that that saying is very, a very big part of my story. What do you mean by that with your background? You shouldn't be sat here. What does that mean? Yeah, well, I was fostered from the age of three months old. It was a long-term um, foster, fostering relationship. Um, my foster mother and father, both incredible human beings, but they passed away. My mum passed away when I was 19 and my dad passed away when I was 23. So quite young to experience that type of loss. And actually, it was my mum's passing at 19 that was really the kick up the arse for me to look at what are you doing with your life? Who are you being? What do you want to create? And at the time, I was working, I dropped out of college. So I'd done my GCSEs. I'd done all right in my GCSEs, was supposed to be doing my A levels and was getting wrecked in people's flats around Canterbury. All right. This is not advice, <laughs> but it seems, but we have this in common. Right. Like, all successful entrepreneurs or most successful entrepreneurs seem to have dropped out of education. I made it at least as far as university, but pretty much, same as you, ended up getting absolutely wasted most of the time and ended up knocking it on the head. This yeah. is advice <laughs> when it comes to building an empire. But what I would say is there is a frightening amount of us that seems to have taken that path. Yeah, I think it's non-conventional wisdom. I think that true entrepreneurs they think a little bit differently from the mainstream and the mainstream is all about the traditional step by step these are the blocks and there's something about us that is wired slightly differently which means that the traditional building blocks for life 
they just, they just don't suit us. So I think that that is what it is. But I dropped. I'll, I'll back up that with very few of my peers, people that you know I'm in masterminds with, or um, uh, people that I aspire to model and, and replicate their success. Very few of them made it into further education. Then. Yeah. My so my son is just about to go to secondary school and. It's, I'm so interested to see what he chooses because his dad has got three degrees. I've got my GCSEs and I'm very much like, I just, I want him to go out and get life experience, but we will, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I'm hoping that he'll be inspired by expert empires. because He's going to come in September and watch Stephen and, and me. <laughs> he might come and like, watch you as well, maybe. Um, yeah. What's interesting, by the way, we're going off topic, but this is all good. Yeah. Um, what's interesting to me, similar, so my oldest son's 13, and uh, look, like, I don't want to force upon yes. him that you do not go to university because mm. that's not what I recommend, um, or that you must go to university yeah. because that's how you, you know, get a, a thorough education. I think I think what you said, I completely align with and agree with. It's It's about creating choice yeah uh, actually as a parent you know for me personally i go if i can create the choices for yes. my kids which means money's not an issue they can do whatever they want to do so yeah. some kids they can't go to university because of financial constraints yes. so they have to go into work but they they didn't have the choice they didn't have the option and of course others vice versa so yes. i think um you know because the family's got money, they feel they have to go to university and there's a pressure. Um, and for me, I think it's about creating the choice and giving, empowering your kids to have the freedom to make that. It's really interesting because he's going to be going to a private school, which again, I say for somebody like me, I would never in a million years, because I was scared of wealth, scared of money, thought everybody who was well off was an asshole. And the idea that my kids would ever be going to private school, I would have been like, no, not at all. Mm. And it's only right at the last moment that we made the decision for him to go because he didn't get into any of the decent schools in the area. So it was like, okay, we don't want him to go here. There's another option over here. And because of what has happened over the last nine years since being in business, it's amazing that he that I have that choice and that he's going to be able to go there. But with that, there is a path that many private private kid, private school kids go through. So it's it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I agree. Um we we started with what did you mean by you shouldn't be here given your background and upbringing and then we went off on a tangent. Yeah. I think it was a good one. Um but yeah, continue like what did you mean by you should Yeah, be here? so Dropping out of school, you know, I worked in pizza restaurants. I've worked in basically, I was a professional waitress. I worked in every pizza restaurant in Canterbury. And at that point in my life, my aspiration was to be the manager of Pizza Hut. And I was so put out when I applied to be the supervisor and they said that they didn't think that I was supervisor material. I was, it was like my life had crumbled. And then my mum passed away and it was like, is this, is this really what you want? Mm. And the answer was, I'm not sure actually what, what I want, but I know that one, I need to be a better person because I wasn't there for her when she passed away. I mean, I was 19, but I, there was a huge amount of guilt and shame that I didn't support her in the way that she had supported me. And I just knew that I wasn't going to find the answer in do you want deep pan or stuff crust so actually that was when I went to Ibiza for the first time and I say that that island changed my life because I met people outside of my city and they were doing the summer in Ibiza and then they were going to Thailand and India in the winter and I was like what people people can do like you're doing that and that started me on my path. I did the summer in Ibiza and then I came back to England for a couple of months. And then I went and did the winter in Thailand and ended up being away for four years. 
I learned sales. I learned friendship. I learned getting wrecked more. And <laughs> I, it, it set me on a path. But the, the big thing was I learned sales. And that really, I came back, lived in London, worked in media. And yeah, the rest is history. Amazing. And, you know, I think we're very aligned on this. I believe that sales is probably the most valuable skill you can learn in business, at least when you're starting, because it's, um, for me, it gives you a massive advantage if you've got the ability to communicate in a way um, that, you know, doesn't like force people to do something they don't want to do, but presents a product or service in a way that is compelling and therefore um, causes people to make a positive decision. Um, you, you talk a lot, actually, before we go there, you got into hypnobirthing. How did that happen? It was the kids. You know, I was working at the Guardian newspaper at the time I got pregnant with Caesar. And I was not a crunchy mum. I was not into holistic. I was like nails, champagne, go to the club. Like that was my vibe, but also very much a control freak. And so when I was looking at my options, I knew immediately that I did not want to have a medicalized birth. I did not want lots of people involved if I could help it. And so I did a little bit of research. I found this thing called hypnobirthing and I decided that I was going to have a home water birth. And I did. And it was an incredible experience. It wasn't all easy, but it was an incredible experience. And I ended up going on to have the other two at home. Um, um, And it was when I got pregnant with Coco, I decided that I needed, well, with Caesar, as soon as I got pregnant, I was like, I want to be able to say to him that you can do anything that you want to in the world. And again, I looked at my life and I asked myself, are you doing anything? Are you doing the thing that you want to be doing? And I just thought, I don't want to be the CEO of The Guardian. Like, I'm here. It's fun. It's okay. But this isn't anything. And so I knew that I needed to shift what I was doing in order to be able to say that authentically to him. Got pregnant again, had Coco and was like, if you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. So I started when she was a month old, I started retraining as a hypnotherapist, a psychotherapist and a hypnobirthing practitioner. And the hypnobirthing piece was the, the thing that I enjoyed the most and was most passionate about. So I decided to make a business out of it. Amazing. And the Calm Birth School um, went on to be very successful. Um, I believe you sold that business to somebody that we both know. Um, yeah. and, uh, and it still runs successfully to this day. Fun fact, though, with the Calm Birth School, I did, a, I did an online um, course on how to build a business with a lady that we both know, Miss Marie Folio. And it was three weeks into doing her program that I had the idea for the Calm Birth School. So lots to thank her for too. Very cool. Well, you'll get to thank her in person yeah. at Expert Empires. Um, I was going to ask this later, or maybe I wasn't. Um, you and I both talk a lot about um, the importance of mentors and I always like to you know reference and, and recommend and give credit to my mentors where appropriate what and as you just did with with Marie why do you think mentors mentorship being part of masterminds is so important because I know that you and I between <coughs> us have invested an eye-watering sum of money um, over the last, well, for me, it'd probably be, you know, if I, if I took into consideration what my mum invested in my development when I was a teenager, um, you know, it'd be, it's, it's probably mid six figures, yeah. um, easy. And I suspect yours is a million miles away from that. What, why do you think it's so important? And it's interesting because people like me, you will always hear us say the answers are within, you've got all of the answers within. And people are like, if you've got all of the answers within, why do you need a mentor? And the answer is blind spots and expansion. There are, when you're in the thick of it, I talk about the importance of hindsight. And so when you are in the middle of 
whatever it is, whether it's great or whether it's negative, it's difficult for you to be able to, um, um, sometimes it's difficult for you to be able to have, to see the bigger picture and to have somebody objective who knows what it is that you want, who really knows your strengths and can see when you're going into a bit of a tailspin, just to be able to reflect to you, like, do you really think, or ask you a question, ask you a question that gets you to access a different point in your um, memory, a different idea, a different place in your heart. Very, very, very powerful. I think the other thing with mentorship for me is that I pick people who've done what it is that I want to do. And so having somebody who, and I love people who are not like, you need to do it exactly like this, but are also able to say to me, this is how I did it. These were the things that I learned. These were the mistakes that I made. And what I'm observing in you is X, Y, and Z. And from that place, I can then go on to make a more informed decision about the next steps that I want to take. Of course, I can work it out on my own. I'm always going to be able to do that eventually. But people like me and you, we want to do it more quickly. So having someone who's walked that path beforehand, it absolutely makes sense. And then I think that the third point is just expansion. And this happens, I think, very particularly and specifically in masterminds. You know, I love being the person who is not the smartest in the room. And I love hearing how people are doing it differently. I love hearing other people's visions. I love hearing their dreams because it expands the way that I think and the way that I do things. And I think that particularly in the type of masterminds that you run, where you've got lots of people from different spheres of life, actually hearing somebody who's doing it in a completely different industry, it sparks ideas. You maybe are not going to be able to do it in exactly the same way, but it just, it sparks a like, a, oh, they're doing it like this. I wonder how I can apply this. How, how can I make it my own? And so for me, that's why I've seen the growth because there's only ever been six months of my life since being an entrepreneur that I've not had mentorship. I've always had it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I completely concur with everything you just said. You know that I've had um, many coaches, a coach that I work with now, I've been working with him for a few years. Yeah. What I find fascinating is um, often in our sessions, as amazing as he is, I, I find myself self-coaching, if you like, coming to my own conclusions as I'm talking things yeah. through. Um, but it's the the action of investing the money and yes. investing the time that creates the space for that thinking to occur because look ultimately especially in the business context you know you can get stuck in the firefighting you know there's always a problem a challenge an issue that needs solving so um for me just um a bit like you know i've got um a, a coach a mentor that i work with on my fitness i'm like the fact that in fact i've got two i've got one that actually trains me and then another one that does my nutrition just the fact that I've paid for the nutrition yeah. advice means I'm more likely to follow it. Yes. I, could, I could find the food plan for free on the internet. Always. Following it to almost zero, whereas same thing with going to the gym. It's like, hey, I've paid for these sessions, and if I don't turn up, there's going to be accountability. There's going to be consequences. So I'm, I'm doing better just because I've paid for it, quite frankly. A thousand percent. And whether we like it or not, the more we pay, the more we value it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Which is why I know you've invested, like, high sums of money, big yeah. sums of money for coaching, for masterminds. Um, same, same here, for sure. The more, you, the more you pay, well, the old saying is the more people pay, the more they pay attention. Um, yeah. And, and ultimately what we're saying is the more you pay, the more committed you are, um, and therefore the more likely you are to, to get the results. I also think that, especially the higher up you go, you're paying for the quality of the people in the room. Mm. So it's not just the mentor, but if everybody has paid a significant sum, everybody's got a certain, to a certain level, everybody's thinking, they, there's, a, there's a bigger, everybody's thinking big and you want to be part of that energy in that environment. Yeah, for sure. Um, you talk a lot about playing in the quantum field. Mm. What does that mean? 
So I want to break it up. First of all, the playing piece. I think that one of the things that I want to encourage way more of in business and in life is play and creative, like creativity comes from not sitting at your desk and staring at your computer screen for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and on on end, trying to like nut out the problem to the solution. It happens. Like I posted a picture today on Instagram and someone went, wow, like your eyes look so open. You look so relaxed. I'm like, well, just because I've just spent six days in Ibiza, like playing with my kids and, you know, being, well, it probably wasn't the oldest rock on dance floor, but you know, I've been having fun and that sparks creativity and innovation and thinking differently and excitement also to come back to my desk and be like, okay, what can I infuse into what I, what I'm doing? So I always ask people like, you want to play, you want to play in life, like life and business should be fun. It's like I'm going to Necker Island in a couple of weeks time and I'm going to be masterminding with Richard Branson. And three of the nights, we have to get dressed up. And the, the woman who's organized it, she, she's like, oh, he just loves dressing up. He loves playing. And I'm like, if billionaire Richard Branson still likes to get in the dress up box, I can still get in the dress up box. Like that gets to be the vibe. And, and then by, by dressing up, you don't mean like black tie ball gown. You mean like fancy dressing. I mean, the theme is um, a cosmic. I think one of the themes is cosmic child of the future, you know. <laughs> I'm like, perfect for me. By the way, your outfits are outrageous at the best of times. <laughs> so I can't wait to see you rock in that fancy dress. Because, um, like when, when you spoke at the, um, the Expert Empires Global event, like you rocked up in, um, I'm not sure the technical term, I think it's called a play suit. My wife would play suit. <laughs> Um, which is perfect, of course, you know, because you like to play in the content, very appropriate. Um, and I'm sure you've got something special lined up for your live in-person stage debut at Empires. What do I wear? We're expecting big things. You know, it's funny because I listened to um, Stephen Bartlett talking about how he likes to dress down on stage. He feels like that's more of a status thing. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to dress down. Like... You listen to the same episode of his podcast that I listened to, I think, last week. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm rocking the, the sparkly shoes. <laughs> You're going to have sparkly shoes, no socks, some kind of tight drain pipe trouser. Like, right. we've got your style down. Yeah, but maybe when I do the interview with Bartlett on the second day, I might like go and get my gym gear on or something just to get <laughs> in form. I don't know. Um, we shall see. No, I will. I'll pull something out of the bag. You know I will. I know you will. I um, know I will. So we were on playing in the quantum field. Yes. That's playing. So that's the playing. And right, then... That was just playing. This could be a long answer, but <laughs> it's amazing. I'm enjoying it. I'm sure this is interesting. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, um, please give us some comments. Yes. Tell us what you think of the episode, what questions you've got about what we're talking about. Um, we'd love to hear from you. So yeah. playing in the quantum field. Now, the quantum field bit is really the space that is all around us. And, and I'm not sure where I first heard this. It's not a concept. It's a theory. It's probably from, I, I feel like it's a quote that people you take from Einstein all of the time. And he says, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. And the way that this, the context that that was used in with me was what that means is all of the energy that has ever been and all of the energy that ever will be is all present with us now. And that blew, that in itself blew my mind because my mind then went to, that means that every thought that has ever happened, because thoughts are just energy, every thought that's ever happened and every thought that is going to happen is all present with us now and I was like (laughs) like what does what does that get to mean so for somebody like me who teaches on conscious co-creation and how we can more effectively create the reality that we want to live in 
what that means without going into parallel universes and parallel dimensions. But every thought or every version of ourselves, everything that we can think of for ourselves is already in existence. And that for me was like, okay, that is really, really exciting. Really, like the future version of me, all I need to be able to do is imagine the future version of myself. That, that's the first part. The second piece, and I try not to get too scientific because I'm not a scientist, but there is another theory called the observer effect where you can have a, a waveform, which basically means infinite possibilities. It can be anything when it's a wave, but as soon as you look at it, it becomes a particle. It becomes something specific. And so we can have an empty mind and anything is possible when we have an empty mind. But as soon as we think of the thing, it becomes an actual, an actual particle, an actual possibility in, in, in our existence. And so what I help people understand, learn, teach, embody is that all we need to be able to do to start with is just think about where it is that we want to go, think about what it is that we want to create, be able to imagine that version of ourselves that already exists and know that just by thinking of thinking of it energetically, that, that version of ourselves already exists. And then it's our job to act in alignment with that knowing. And the more that I can, so my next goal is to create an eight-figure business. The more that I can remember that that is my goal, because often we forget the thing that we want, and then feel into it. Like, how does it feel to have what it is that I want energetically? Just, I'm going to feel excited. I'm going to feel satiated. I'm going to feel like, shit, life is good. And the more I can act from that place, make decisions about my team, make decisions about the programs that I'm going to launch, make decisions about the mentors that I'm going to work with, the more I can start to make decisions from that place of knowing that I'm an eight-figure business owner and that version of me already exists, the quicker I can accelerate and collapse time. And so that concept is what I mean by playing in infinite possibilities. Um, um, pick what you want and then act in alignment with it. That makes sense. Make, makes perfect sense. Um, and what I love about that is the energy required to create the eight-figure business, in your case, already exists. It can't be created from nothing. It can't be so created. It must already exist, which does, from that place, it means that everything is possible. From that place of knowing, it's how courageous can you be to act in alignment with that knowing on a daily basis? And that's where the fun bit really, really comes into play, in my experience and opinion. Like, yeah. Look, look, this doesn't happen for me very often. I'm getting chills just from hearing what you're saying because I can't help not applying this to myself yeah as you're sharing it and of course the people that are listening the people that are watching i'm sure are doing the same like i'm thinking about my goals and aspirations and as yeah. i said i'm going wow that means that the energy that is required for me to create that reality already exists it already exists you just have to tap into it that's that's it's exciting scary um daunting it's empowering all at the same, and loads of other things all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. And what what you just said is, and that's that's the story of life. Everything already exists now. It's all happening now. It's all at the same time now. We just get to choose where are we focusing our attention. And then your eyes go massive. I love, <laughs> I love it when your eyes go massive. The people who are listening to on the pod on the podcast aren't getting the full experience they don't get to see Susie's eyes go massive when she says something hey real quick if you've been listening to the Empire Builders podcast for any length of time you'll know that I do not run ads 
on this podcast. And what you should also know about me is that I only partner with companies who I absolutely 100% believe in. And so I'm making an exception because of my partnership and my loyalty to Keep. So since 2010, I've been using Keep, which was previously known as Infusionsoft, to automate all the sales and marketing in my business, deliver world-class experience to my clients, run e-commerce reports, manage affiliates, partners, and loads more. I really believe that Keep is the best CRM on the planet for small businesses, for entrepreneurs that are building their empire. Many of my guests on this podcast use it, and pretty much all of my closest friends in the industry also use it. That should speak volumes. So uh, Infusionsoft recently rebranded to keep k-e-a-p and what they've also done is brilliantly made it even more affordable even more usable for businesses that are at different stages of their journey so go and get a free demo all you need to do is go to keep.com that's k-e-a-p keep.com forward slash empire builders and by using that link i've negotiated the best possible deal for Empire Builders subscribers. So go to keep.com forward slash Empire Builders. You get a free demo, and when you go through that unique link, it means you'll get the best possible deal because you're a subscriber to this podcast. So let's get back to the show. I'm a bit a bit nervous and uncomfortable about asking you this. Um, oh, okay. But I'm, but I'm learning to no, I'm learning to um, embrace the concept of awkward and onward. Um, okay. And often the thing feels more awkward to me than it does in, in reality. Anyway, um, you are a black woman. Yes. What is it like being a black woman in business, in our industry, in the UK? The reason I'm asking the question um, is because you know this about me because we know each other fairly well. Like, I'm, I am, I have been and still am on a journey of learning more, educating more, uh, myself more about um, diversity and inclusion. Uh, and so um, I think there will be black women, black men, single mums, et cetera, et cetera, people from all different backgrounds and walks of life watching this, listening to this. Um, and so I wanted to ask you the question. Yeah, it's really, the answer that I have for you may not be the answer that you expect. And I just did a, (laughs) I just did a podcast with Africa Brooke and we talked a little bit about this. And what is really true is that I take it very seriously when it comes to being a model for other black women, especially, and then people of color and women and single moms, like I take it very respons- I, I have I take it very seriously that I have a responsibility to be very successful. You know, it is absolutely my desire to show people that as a black woman with three kids that you can travel every month, you can run a team of nine people, you can make multiple millions of pounds and you can do it. Even though people, many people, there is a narrative out there that says that you can't or you shouldn't. And not so much you shouldn't, but you can't. And I think that I don't ever really recall feeling like I can't do this because of my color or I can't or or that my color is going to hold me back. And I think that part of that is because of the fact that I wasn't I my experience because I was fostered with white foster parents and because I wasn't brought up in inner city London and because I didn't have much of my extended family around me, that story of you have to work twice as hard to get half as far, that wasn't my, that wasn't the narrative that I had been given. And I'm not saying that that narrative isn't true or doesn't exist, 
But what it does beg the question, and by the way, I'm aware as I'm having this conversation, I'm a white man and I don't understand. It begs the question that is that narrative in some way, shape or form, is it possible that it's self-fulfilling? The, the more that narrative is said, discussed, um, that it becomes even more of a reality. Based on your admittedly only one person's experience, but you go, you never had that narrative, it hasn't become your reality. Do you think if we just stop having that narrative that it might actually help the situation? I don't know. I think that, so yes and, and the and is massive. You would need, you would need every single individual to not have that story. So, and and that's, and again, this is like a much bigger conversation around the nature of, of reality. You know, I was reading a book the other day that said, if everybody decided that the moon didn't exist, we wouldn't see the moon in the sky, but the collective consciousness determines the fact that the moon is there. And again, that, that blew my mind. The context. And in that case, you go, we're never going to not like admit straight away. You say that and I go, well, that's ridiculous because it's there. But I go, but we're never going to be able to test the theory. So maybe it's, maybe it is true. We don't know. We can never prove it. You can never prove it. What I do know is that the context is, is that if you as a black boy in London have watched your older brothers and sisters, your father, your cousin, your nephews be stopped and searched in the street again and again and again and again and again, that you are going to grow up feeling more suspicious of the police. You are going to grow up feeling unsafe. You are going to grow up feeling that you cannot rely on, you know, on the forces that are there. Like that's so, so you know. So it's not just the conversation around. Just the conversation. No. It's context. It's where you've grown Envi- up. It's environment. I mean, it's environment. I, like, exactly. Regardless of whether we're in this conversation or another one, I mean, personally, I think environment is so critical to the person your kids end up becoming, the person you've become up to this point, the people you surround yourself with, the places you've been, the uh, the things you've been surrounded by. Exactly. All of those things contribute to who, who you become. Exactly. And that narrative is not just it's not just a narrative it is many 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 people's experience but I didn't I personally one individual did not grow up with that expectation so I also wasn't looking for it yeah you know so I also don't you know so so in business that has not been my my experience I haven't been looking and again, the context is, is that I grew up or I learned my first jobs were waitressing. So in waitressing, you're taught the upsell. Do you want a stuffed crust with that? Do you want a large Coke with that? Do you want fries with that? No, 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 no. Don't ask me if I want a stuffed crust. If I wanted a large Coke, I'd tell you. I, I, like I grew up in business learning about rejection. Like so... There may have been many times where people have said, I'm not going to consider her to be my coach because she's black. But because of my experience of learning sales, like, again, I was a, um, um, you know, I sold insurance for Sky. Like I used to have to phone people up and like, do you want to, like the amount of abuse that I got on the phone from unhappy Sky customers, like water of a duck's back. Like I'm just, you know, I so there's a different context that I'm coming to the table with, and the way that I interpret things is is different. So I don't look at myself. I I will never ever be able to say that my experience of being a black woman in business has been anything other than I'm sitting here today as a multi million pound business owner. Yes, it's been fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you know what? Actually, now. It's it's better than it's ever been because people are having more conscious conversations about representation and how many black people that they have on their stages, how many black people they have. So right now, it's actually 
great to be a successful black woman in business. It's great to be a model for that. And the more podcast stages, interviews, the more success I can have, the better, because what I, the feedback that I get from the women of color and the black women who are in my community are the reason that I'm working with you is that I saw you doing it. I didn't know that it was possible, Mm. you know? So I am an expander and a model for what is possible. And I want as many people who feel marginalized or have grown up in the context of people saying you can't and it's not possible. I want them to be, I want them to look at me and be like, "Mm, if, if she's doing it, then maybe there's another possibility for me. And as soon as they have that idea, there it is. Yeah. And it's cool. Of course, it's cool that you get to be that evidence, that model, that person that they can see doing it and that gives them the belief and people say to you, that's the reason they're working with you. I also don't, I don't think you do this, but I don't want you to do yourself a disservice to think that there are people that work with you just because that. Oh, no. I'm fucking great. You're a fucking genius. And we've seen that and heard that already here on this podcast, on this interview. So um, I know know you know that. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm saying that for context for everybody else. I'm like, look, be clear that it's not, that's not the reason that people work with you. Mm. And it's amazing that people of colour, women, Black women in particular can look at you and see the person they want to become and see that it's possible. Yeah. And that it's been done. Um, thank you for answering that question and having that discussion. Um, you, you're, as we said right at the start, a single mum of three. Yeah. The, there are probably, I suspect, a lot of, well, a lot of parents watching this, listening to this. Um, I'm sure many single parents watching this, listening to this, um, it's hard enough. I am not a single parent, and it's hard enough juggling being a parent and being a business owner. Um, How have you found that journey? How have you found that dynamic of being a single mum of three and being a multi-seven-figure entrepreneur? I think that... So I've been separated at time of recording for two years. And I think that the first year, what was really incredible is that I built the business to a place that really, that I felt really supported by the business. So that meant that I could be less forward facing and more internally facing. I could be there for myself and I could be there for my kids. And that's really my hope for anybody who is going through a separation that you have a business that is able to support you and what I mean by that is that you have residual income coming in you don't have to be launching all the time you don't have to be selling all of the time and and you've still got money coming in and because of that it also meant that I was able to get help and so having somebody external who actually works for me and my ex who works between our two houses that has been such a a game changer and I think that prior to being in this situation I was somebody who prided themselves on doing all of the things holding all of the things and you know just control freak Mm -hmm. and actually This situation especially has meant that I've had to let go of more than more than I ever thought that I was able to or allowed to. So, you know, when I have my kids being able to finish work at 2.30 in the afternoon so I can go and pick them up from school, that's important to me. Building a business that has allowed that is great. Having somebody come in and do the cleaning and the shopping and take my car to be washed so I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. That has been so helpful. So it means that I can work when I want to work and I can take time off when I want to take time off. And also I have a very, I have a relationship that I'm very proud of with my ex. So it means that I can still also do the travel and things like that. So I feel I'm very blessed in that, with with that particular piece of the puzzle. But if it wasn't that for sure, 
having external help to support, really, really important. And if you're not in that stage, if you're not at that stage yet, that for me, like that's why you, you get to build the business so that you can do that. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, you said that you're very blessed to have the relationship with your ex that you have. Remember that you created that. Mm. That's not by luck. It's not, oh, he just happens to be a great mm. guy and makes everything easy. No, no, you created that. Yeah. You played a big part in creating that. And it was conscious and intentional and deliberate. Um, the, the second thing is I do think having, um, let's call it external help, um, like I said, I'm not a single parent. Mm. However, I was raised by a single parent. And so I spent pretty much my entire childhood um, with a single mother as my parent. And her version of that was my grandparent. Yeah. So it was it, having, I'm speaking more from kids' perspective than parents' yeah. perspective, but having, I think, a co- like some form of constant and consistency. And for you, it's the, person that works between the two homes and for me it was my grandparents I think that's that's really important yeah um, for kids um and of course what it does is it gives you from a business perspective from being an entrepreneur it gives you the, the freedom yeah of knowing that the kids are getting everything they need and I can still give the business everything it needs because the conversation I bet you hear it all the time because I do from clients that I work with especially Typically, it is more common in mothers than than fathers, and certainly more in single mothers. It's the I feel like I'm failing in all areas. I feel like I'm failing yeah. the business, the clients, the staff, the kids, all of these things, and and that's like so must be so yeah. hard um, to navigate. Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, as a parent, full stop, single or in a partnership, our biggest fear is that we're messing our kids up, you know, and ultimately, no matter how much work you do, how much you love them, how much you give them, you know, one day you're going to have that conversation where they turn around and say, it's all your fault. Can I I give you my perspective? You and your biggest fear is that you're messing your kids up. I'm not sure if you agree with this, but my belief is you are. Like everybody is, yeah. and that cannot be avoided. Yeah. So all we can do, and by the way, like I'm not saying that that's a helpful belief, but I actually think it is for me because I go, it it gives me a little bit of slack. I go, look, we're all doing the best. Let's assume we're all doing the best we can with what we've got. Um, and so look, you know, we are all passing on habits and patterns to our kids and they'll pass patterns and habits onto their kids and that's just the nature of humanity um but i think having that belief that yeah you are going to screw your kids up it probably doesn't feel great but equally um i believe it's true what do you think i believe that our kids are our biggest teachers so one of the more kind of woo things i believe is that our kids pick us as parents and so that means that they pick our they they pick all of the good things and they pick all of the flaws and they pick us one so they can help us learn, but also for their own journey and their own path. It's not our job to stop them from experiencing all pain and all negativity. It's our job to help them learn how to nav- navigate that in the best possible way. And they'll do that partly by just observing us and how we do it. And partly by making their own mistakes and going, mom, dad, help, you know, and, and, and that's it. It's again, it's all of the experience. I think that people think particularly in, well, in all areas of our lives, if we do the right thing, if we do, if we're a good person, then only good things are going to happen. And actually, I think the most successful people I know are masters at navigating the challenges as well as enjoying the good stuff. And it's really understanding that all of it is required in in order for us to have a full life. And it's exactly the same with parenting. Yeah, I agree completely. And it's it's so hard as a parent to accept that your kids are going to experience pain, hurt, um, 
physically, emotionally, and you go, it feels like my job is to prevent that. Yeah. And and the most painful thing, as you know, as a parent, and any other parent will know, is seeing them in pain. Like you'd much rather take the pain on yourself, much rather. And I never understood that until I became a parent, of course. Um, I observed how my mum parented and went, well, like, she's crazy. Like, she's constantly trying to prevent me from hurting myself or, or, or making a mistake. She's a crazy woman. And then yeah. I repeated the exact same behaviour, of course. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, it's the hardest thing as a parent, but I, I completely agree. And I would also concur that, like, when you look at people who have achieved success in any area, not mm. just this, it's because they've managed to learn to navigate the mental and emotional challenges that come with pain, rejection, failure, all, yeah. of, those, all of those experiences which we're inevitably going to Yes, it's resilience, yeah. you know, and people now, they want to avoid the skill, learning the skill of resilience. They just want it all to be amazing. And if it's not amazing, they're worried about what am I doing wrong? And it's like, no, you're just living life. This is the experience. There are ups, there are downs. How do you navigate the downs? Yeah, what, what I find fascinating in, you know, let's call it our industry, but the industry of personal development, self-improvement, you know, being an expert in business, health, whatever it might be, is that it seems to me that very few, if any, people actually want to learn what you just said. Resilient. I know. Like, and, and by the way, you're a great marketer. I'd like to think I'm a pretty good marketer. And neither of us would ever recommend to somebody you should market resilience because no one wants it. So um, how, how do you how do we solve this conundrum? Because like you could create a program on resilience, I could create a program on resilience, um, and by the way, it'd be a great program, and people would benefit, and I'm sure people would buy it based on our profile and and the audience we've already built. But I'm not going to do that because it's not as marketable and sellable mm. as a lot of the other programs that I've created and that that you might run. So how do we solve this conundrum? How do we bring the education of resilience, building mental, emotional strength, empowerment to people when they don't want it? <laughs> I love the fact that you just asked this question. What it's actually making me remember and think about is when I launched a program called The Gateway. So up until two years ago, I was very much more focused on the business strategy side of things. And I love strategy. I love it. I love it. I love it. And what I know to be true, which actually what I learned in hypnobirthing is that the energetic alignment and how a person feels and their emotional intelligence and their resilience and all of those pieces that do not come in a blueprint for all of those things will determine how successful a person is, not just financially, although we want the financial success, but overall as a human being. And I remember when it came to the marketing of that, and it was a conversation that I had with you, and I was like, well, we can help this. And you were like, don't, what did you say? You said, say, I'm not going to help you become a TEDx talker and six figures. And you said, say all of the things that people want and say, I'm not going to tell you that you can get any of that, but I'm going to say that all of it's available if you can just learn this. And I thought that that was a genius way to approach selling, um, selling the outcome. And actually that, that is always it. It's, Nobody cares about the process, but everybody cares about what it is that they actually want. So I think that if you can get very, very clear on what people desire. So I help, you know, people make multiple six and seven figures in their business. You know, I help people. And, and, and so if I just wanted to market that piece, I mean, you need to fill it out a little bit, but that's what I would focus on. And then it's my process. Yeah. You want to come and experience the Susie process. And, I, and I'll tell you that I'm not going to give you a 
Step one is mm -hmm. go on your Instagram live every single day and say X, Y, and Z. And people at the beginning stages of their business, I know that they want that. I think also what is true is that once you reach a certain level of success financially, you understand that there's more. Yeah. And then people are available for a bigger conversation. And I would say that that's how my business has massively shifted over the last few years, going from giving people what they want at those very early stages of templates and blueprints to having a bigger conversation about what more gets to mean. And that means having a conversation that most people aren't having. It's interesting. I'd completely forgotten that we'd had that conversation about your the, the program, The Gateway. Um, but when you when you just shared it, it reminded me that, of the conversation, and because uh, I remember thinking to myself, "Don't don't fucking sell that, Sue." <laughs> how the hell are we gonna? But like, look, you're coming to me and asking me for advice, so I've got to come up with something, right? Now, fortunately, you know my my um, intuition is fairly good, and so I'm like, conscious mind is going, "This is a fucking terrible idea. No one's gonna buy this shit." And I'm saying, <laughs> okay. So shut up, conscious mind, for a second genius intuition yeah how might we explain this program in a way that gets people's attention and i went well the only way to do it is to do the opposite of what everyone else does that was the only way i could come up with i went it's got to be like we have to look at being disruptive here and, and saying all the things like you're not gonna i'm not promising yeah what else promises i'm not promising six figures or a tedx talk or whatever it is yeah normal promises not promising any of those things that message straight away go people go oh this is different yeah and then you go but what i can say is all of it's available and i'm like mm, that's nice so yeah it was probably one of my one of my stronger moments or ideas <laughs> over the years um, and actually what's funny is that, that was what a couple of years ago now i think yeah. um and, and I've just written down what you said because i'm like yeah that's good and i could probably use a similar approach somewhere in my business it's funny how we come up with these brilliant ideas for other people's businesses. It's yes. so much easier to yes. come up with these concepts and ideas and advise others and so much harder to do it in our own business. Because you're so close to it. Yeah. And yeah. it's why, you know, to come back and I know we're banging the drum, it's why mentors, masters, yes. coaches are so valuable and so important because you can't see yeah. from the inside. It's really difficult to see what people can see from the outside. Yeah. Susie Ashworth, um, first of all, you are amazing. I know you know that you are amazing. Um, and I, I can honestly say, we've done, we're well over 100 episodes. I don't even know what episode we're on of this podcast. And this is up there. This episode is up there. This is one nice. of the episodes. Like, I'm putting it up there we're in my top five of all time. Oh, nice. It is very, very good. Um, and people that listen to every episode of the podcast know that I don't say that every time. Just yeah. Just <laughs> How big is your top five, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. And this has been this has been epic, and I think I think the audience are going to absolutely love this episode. Um, tell us what you think if you're watching on YouTube. Tell us what you think in the comments below, and it just makes me even more excited for what our audience are going to get at Expert Empire. Um, which is at the time of recording, um, just under a month away, at the time of broadcast and release of this episode, I believe it's like the week before. So oh, amazing. Be like when people are listening to this, maybe you come into Expert Empires and you're going to see Susie and Stephen Bartlett and Marie Folio. Um, by the way, that isn't a pitch. We've already sold all the tickets out. You can't buy a ticket. Um, <laughs> but if you're coming to the event, then yeah, you should be excited because it's going to be absolutely amazing. I'm so excited to hear and see what you've got in store for us and what you're going to rock on stage. I'm going to see what you're going to, what outfit you've got for our audience. I know it's really special. Oh, it won't be chain mail. That's all I'm saying. It won't be chain mail. Okay. <laughs> right. um, I, I'm sure it will be um, stunning and um, different. Yeah. I expect different. From <laughs> um, amazing. Susie, that, thanks so much. Um, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, comment below, um, just DM me, DM me on Instagram, tell me what you think. And Susie, if somebody wants to find out more about, I know you've got numerous programs that you offer, 
um, if somebody wants to learn more about you and about how they can learn more from you, uh, where do they go? What's the best place? The best places are my website, susieashworth.com and Instagram, Susie underscore Ashworth. I would normally direct people to the podcast, but we've got a new, we've got something new happening. So I don't want to spoil the surprise, but you can check out the old podcast and we'll redirect you. So the Limitless Life Experience is where to go right now. And I would ask what the new one's going to be called, but you're not going to tell me. Secret. Maybe you'll tell me after we've finished. <laughs> I'll promise I won't include it in the broadcast. <laughs> um, Susie Ashworth, thanks so much. Everybody for tuning in. Thank you again. See you soon. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love. Tell your friends. Remember, till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.